Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mike B. And this is another exciting episode of Mark Radio Podcast. No, this is not the way that I'm starting. This is just the cold opening. Um, tonight, I have my homie, Jack Coleman from Capital Labs coming through. Also, I'm going to talk about the first episode that I recorded of maybe, I don't know, that's um, currently being still being approved by Apple iTunes. Also, I'm going to talk about the fact that um, I have a shoe fetish. Um, not in that way you're sick perverts, but just talking about the fact that I have a lot of shoes now and I don't know what to do with them. But anywho, there's no need to keep you guys waiting, you guys and girls. And thank you all the listeners out there. I told y'all I was going to be back. Um, without any further ado, I bid you adieu to the intro. That is not the show. You say my name. My name is Deja Brown. And you're listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Pop, 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 podcast. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, pumping my arms like this, like I'm. Oh yeah. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Open Mic Radio Podcast. 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 Podcast, podcast, yeah. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Mike B, and thank you all for tuning in and hitting the refresh button on your um on whatever you get your podcast from. Thank you for scrolling down and hitting back up. Refresh, refresh. I got my man Jack Coleman from Capital Labs coming through momentarily. Uh, this is gonna be a fun episode. I call him the um I, he doesn't know this yet. I'm gonna tell him on air that he is the Steve Kornacki of comedy. This dude has all the analytics. He has all the numbers, man. He has all of the numbers. Um, also, um, I'm going to talk about the fact that I have too many pairs of shoes and it's getting ridiculous. I think I've started an addiction to my friend Brandon Moore because he's not a, a sneakerhead. And um, people are asking him, um, he's being asked sort of questions by his mother. And his mother's looking at me with the frumpy face. Hey, I didn't I didn't choose this life. He chose this life. He saw what I was going through. Hove did that. So hopefully he ain't got to go through that. But he's going through that now. Um, he has to answer for those shoes that he's got. I have over 40 pairs of shoes. I just bought some new cases, by the way. Um, and then also, I might get into some trending topics. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. And that's on the maybe I don't know side. Like I said before, uh, like and subscribe to the podcast if you if this is your first time listening. Also, I have another podcast coming out. Um, it's called Maybe I Don't Know. Um, I'm going to drop that pretty soon as well. I just did a tester episode to try to get approved by Apple iTunes. Um, without any further ado... Um, I think I have my um, I have my plugs this time. Let's see if I have my plugs. Let's see if I have my plugs. Ugh, that's the wrong plug. Mm, I don't want that plug. Let's see. Let's see what I got here. So while y'all wait. Oh, the drops. That's why I was, I was naming them drops. Here we go. Is this a Deja drop? Oh, this is a Greg Stevens drop. Let's see what this one would be. Oh, this is a, here we go. This show doesn't even exist anymore, but whatever. We need a drop. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mike B. And don't forget, every Friday, a new episode of The Spinoff airs right here on Open My Radio Podcast. By far, one of the worst drops ever dropped in my life because that show doesn't exist anymore. And I hit play anyway, but here's a better here's a better drop. Buy my album, y'all. Promote Mike B. Yo, what's going on, everybody? If you're looking for something to listen to when you're at home, by yourself, not doing anything, and you want to laugh, go ahead and download my album, Promote Mike B. 
uh, debut number one on iTunes and beat out Gallagher. So it has to be funny, right? We'll be right back with Jack Coleman coming through at the top of the hour or whatever your watch is currently set on on your phone. Sister Chantel, because you give white folks more money than you ever gave black boys. I'm not processing no $10 refund. Yo, Get your ass up out of here. Yo, welcome back to Omar Radio Podcast. This is my man, Dr. Umar Khan, demanding he's not giving no refunds, yo. You don't even want to give eight quarters to black boys? Damn that, sister. You're not getting no refund. Somebody else wanted a dollar back, brothers and sisters. These are the games they play. <laughs> Yo, welcome back to Omar Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Mike B, and we're currently at the top of the hour uh, of the show, or whatever you're looking. You, this is a podcast, so whatever your phone says, just picture me saying it's the top of the hour. Um, anyway, uh, this guy I'm about to bring on is one of my good friends in comedy, one of my good friends in producing comedy as well. Um, I like to call him the Steve Kornacki of um, comedy because he has all of the numbers analytically. Um, he could break it down. He, he knows the science. I want you guys to start clapping right now for my good friend, Mr. Jack Coleman. What's going on, my guy? Hey, what's up, Mike? How are you, man? <laughs> good, man. How you feel? Um, good, dude. Good. Uh, my cat had surgery today, so it's been kind of an interesting day. Oh wow. What did you um? What, um, you have is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. His name is Mittens. He had. Okay. He went into the dentist and they like you know they took out two teeth and I don't know fixed some other stuff I guess and so now he's wandering around you know looking like a drunk cat. <laughs> I you know I think we had this conversation before I think you was talking to my wife or whatever. Um, so this is interesting. So you're a cat guy. I mean I have a cat. Yeah, yeah I'm saying like like if you like you have a cat but like have you ever had a dog or this is just. Like, oh yeah, I grew up with dogs. The problem is that like living in the city, you know, mm-hmm. it's harder to have a dog. You got to pick up the dog's poop with your hand. I'm not not a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm a, I'm actually allergic to cats, and that's the reason why I never had a cat. But I'm also scared of dogs. So the kids are in the dilemma now because they want they want a dog, and like I bought them I bought them fish, but. Huh. But the fish, they're not, they're not really rocking with the fish because you know you can't walk a fish. But I'm like, hey kids, get them uh, <laughs> a parrot or like a raccoon or an aardvark or something. See, that's the thing. Then I got, I got to get that signed off by, um, by management. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get that signed off. I can't just bring anything. And I was like, she signed off on, on the fish. I actually didn't really sign off on the fish. I just bought a tank in with water. And fish are swimming around, and it was like, I guess. And then, like, she's praying secretly that they all die so we can just get rid of the tank. But it, it hasn't happened yet. God has bought more fish, and she's about had enough of the fish. So, um, but... Um, Have you... Okay, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 but my uh, my kids, they're, um, uh, especially my son, he's he's looking to have a dog. And, um, and like, my, 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 uh, my, my line is it has to be, like, a puppy. Like it has to be like a little baby puppy, whatever we get that we can grow up with that way. Like, it, I don't want a rescue because it's a mixed bag. You just don't know what you're getting. 
I need I need a brand new, fresh out of a womb puppy for it for this to work. So like you need like a you you need to like go to like a puppy mill. Is that what you're saying? You're yeah. gonna you're gonna go get one of the you know like name brand dogs. You're gonna get a Gucci dog. Oh no, nah, uh, I'm looking more at the um the uh, uh what's it a, a do not a doodle it's a noodle a golden doodle a golden doodle yeah oh you're looking at one of those oh okay yeah yeah this because because the management wants a big dog oh okay that's good you don't want a punt dog yeah you yeah. don't want a punt dog like those tiny little dogs that you can like kick a field goal with those things <laughs> are they are very very small and I don't know they they have too much energy. I mean, the other thing was, do you have a yard, Mike? I do. I don't have a fence, though. Oh, okay. If you got a yard, yeah, go ahead and get, get a big dog. Because, like, at least in Alabama, like, we would have a big dog. We had a yard, and then there was, like, land, because it's Alabama, for, like, the dog to go in the woods and poop. And you don't have to deal with anything. It's great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, that's the dilemma that we're in now. Um, and um, so, we'll, we'll see how this turns out. To be honest with you, um, the, like I said, two fish died, and then I bought like five fish. So management is not happy with that. So um, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she's <laughs> like, I'm keeping, I'm keeping the population afloat when it's like it's supposed to be an extinction level event in 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 the Brown household. But whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I didn't call you to talk about pets, man. I can't even talk to you about comedy and, and whatnot and what have you. Um, Jack Coleman is, runs one of the most successful, one of the most successful independent. Um, comedy companies or uh, productions in the city in Washington, in the Washington D.C. area, or the D.M.V. or you know whatever your vernacular is, um, called Capital Laughs, um, has has shows from and correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, from Wednesday to Saturday, Sunday, maybe. Do you do you, uh, do you take the seventh off? Do you do you rest on Sunday? We rest, yeah, on Sundays and Tuesdays. <laughs> we we rest. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, real quick, man, because um, I know some of your history. We ain't, we ain't got to do a deep dive into it. Just, 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 um, just like I know how it is on my end. Um, more recently, um, so I, so now that I'm on this end, I admire somebody like you who runs so many rooms. Um, like, what, what is like, what is the day in life of Jack Coleman running a Capital Laughs uh, like event? Uh, well. Now, now that like it's up and running, and there's like you know six shows a week, and there's a, a lot of people who do it. So it's like a lot. We got a lot of really good people who do a lot of a lot of work to put the shows on. All the hosts, you know, they're they're there making sure that the show happens and it's a good show. Uh, it starts on time, ends on time. The audience is awesome, right? The deputy host gets there early, um, and they they do a lot of work making sure sure that everyone gets checked in and all the the mic works sound works light works all the, all that sort of good stuff mm-hmm. so those are at every single show and then we've got um like uh, uh our coo he uh he like you know does a lot of the day-to-day and is the man on the ground so there's probably i don't know 10 to 15 people who are like actually running the organization <laughs> i'm just up here making sure the, the planes land and there aren't any crashes um but yeah, we've been doing this for like four or five years. So obviously, early on, it was you know yeah. very much in the minutia, doing all that sort of stuff. But um, 
you know, I'll write the emails, but we've got, you know, Matilda do, does a really good job writing the emails, and then we've got Dope Social Media, run by Jack Schwartz, who does a great job running, running social media, um, and they're both funny comics in their own right as well, so, um, you know, I'm just, I'm glad that uh, I don't, I don't have to do all the, the, the day-to-day stuff. I think what P. Diddy was like, somebody was asking him about uh, his enterprise and how, like, like, it seems like you don't work, P. Diddy. He's like, no, I got a guy for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's so many, like, like, the thing that we're very lucky about in D.C. is there's a lot of funny comics. There's a great audience. But also the comics... All and this is rare from my experience in comedy. All I've had a job, job with a boss who yeah. gives you a review and like can fire you and like you know I've like had these like jobs in an office. So there's a certain amount of professionalism and like you know integrity and work ethic that these guys have, you know, with comedy, but also not with comedy. So it's been great working with all these people, especially you know the group we have now is really really good, um, and they they do a great job. They really do. Yeah, I'm always been impressed with the organization itself. Um, it's it's like, it's like if I gotta talk to Jack, that means something went wrong. <laughs> like if if I if if like if we, if we get to Jack's level, if like if I gotta like yo, then it's like okay, something something something's with a foot because there's like so many layers of and I'm be honest with you, broken mic comedy, we're we're striving for that, but we're still in the infancy stage. But I'm like yo, you, like it's like. It's it's like the Olive Garden, man. You got one person sitting there with an iPad. You got <laughs> you got somebody else letting you know when you're going on stage. Somebody else is upstairs communicating what's going on downstairs. Uh, you know, and then like there's you just in the corner, and I'm like, yo, if we got to get the jack, there's a problem. Something is something is with the foot. There's a there's a some, the boat has hit the iceberg, and we're getting ready to sink. Something's wrong. <laughs> well, I yeah, I hope you know. That- I mean, it doesn't happen very often, you know, um, our, our, our guys are, are really good, and like, um, yo, awesome shows, man, I love doing your shows, um, and it's just taking time to get all this organized and together, like, it's just taking, that's like one thing, it's like, you know, you're trying to build like a, a, a strong house, and so it takes time to like, get a good foundation going, and, and get everything set up, but yeah, um, and I mean, like, you know, uh, you're also, what, you're booking the loft and running that whole operation. Yeah. There's so, a- like, that's also a whole lot to do. And, I mean, that's a whole other can of worms dealing with headliners, <laughs> man. Like, I have avoided that yeah. um, a lot. And we have, because we're kind of more focused on local stuff. Mm-hmm. And the headliners are really important, getting us exposure and stuff. But we've just been focused on getting local people good. And so... Like, I don't even know how to deal with agents and managers and and all those, like, egos and who knows what the hell else. You know, as a comic, yeah, because, like, I've opened for people, right? But, like, as a producer, it's like, you know, I don't know how you do it, Mike. Um, it's, it's funny that um, you bring that up. I was talking to, um, I'm just name dropping, um, Nonya. Neona? I think I said her name right. And um, Blair Postma. And uh, I, actually, I was talking to you Saturday. Um, cause you was like, yo, we missed you. And I was like, yeah, I had to do some, I had to do some stuff. And, um, and I was like, yo, I don't get a chance to be a comedian and I haven't really like tried to like book myself on shows. Cause I'm always like, Hey, this person be a better fit or this, that, or third. And they're like, no, you got to get you some, you need to get out there and get you some. And I'm like, 
I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know. I, I would feel bad if I went and like booked myself on a bunch of shows at the loft, knowing there is like so much talent here in DC. And they're like, no, you need to be more selfish. And I'm like, that's that just feels dirty. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, this feels dirty. Like, I could. I have that power. I mean, it makes it, okay. So it makes a lot of sense. I feel a very, very similar way, and I have for a while. And it's like, you know, how? I mean, how do you? How, what's fair? You know, like yeah. what? What is? What is fair? And what is fair? And then what is fair? You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like you, you know, there's two different. It depends on what is means. You know, is is like as Clinton said, but it's like uh, there have been some comics in DC. I have I have not, you know, I, and I I think this is also true with you. And this is kind of your point, Mike. I have not really pushed the envelope as far as like you know. Uh, doing i do most shows i don't do every single show and i you know could do 15 or 20 minutes on shows i don't do that but i'll tell you what i was doing five minutes on every show and then nick hopping a very funny comic from new york came down and he runs shows in new york and he was like he's he's quite funny he's he was very funny when he was in dc he left dc he put out an hour that was great uh any of your listeners definitely check him out nick hopping very funny anyways um he was like yeah, man, why are you only doing five minutes? On my shows, I just do 15 or 20 minutes. If you want to like it, they can F off or whatever. He doesn't probably say fuck. Yeah. But um, oh, um, he said something like that. And I was like, Nick is like a very nice guy. And like, he was like one of the nicest guys in comedy, really. And he was like, look, man, this is like, you know, the show I do. And like, I, I'm trying to build a relationship with my audiences, Nick, you know. Um, and like, I also want to get better at comedy. And I can do 15 or 20 minutes on every show, so why not do it? So, I mean, you know, that's what Nick's doing. I think that's a great point. And hearing it from Nick was, you know, um, well, you know, definitely made a difference. And so now I do longest sets. I, I won't go past, like, 10 minutes, maybe 12 minutes, because there are other people on the show. But, like, the amount of time, effort, and energy I put into this, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I need to be able to do longer sets and go on more shows. So I would say, you know, my life, like, the time, effort, and energy you're putting in to help all of these people who – you know, sometimes they're mean to you, I'm sure. Uh, and you probably still book them. And, uh, and you know, you, you go through a lot. You have to deal with management. You have to do all this stuff. So, like, um, don't sell yourself short. Definitely, you know, take advantage of that opportunity. It's okay. And I don't necessarily think it's being selfish. I wouldn't use the word selfish. Um, and I don't know. Selfish implies that there it's not it's not earned. There's no you're taking something that you that you aren't that you haven't earned. So I don't I don't I wouldn't say selfish is the right word. I don't know what the right word is. Oh. Um, but like, dude, yeah, you you have the ability to. You're you're wicked funny. So I mean, like, uh, like fucking put yourself as a guest spot on every show. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, right. I'm gonna do a tight ten in between Damon Wayans and um and um Kim Whitley. Excuse me. Hey everybody. Yeah, go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Have somebody stop you. Make someone say no. <laughs> there, I gotta tell you, bro. There's people. I don't, I'm not gonna drop names, but there's comics who, like I started with, who uh, are funny now, very funny, and they definitely they know how to get on shows. They know how to be, you know, selfish. They know how to do those things. And comedy to an extent is you have to like really push yourself and push people to put you on shows, you know, 
I don't know if selfish is the right word for this, but like you have to really advocate for yourself. Okay, I don't like you know like I'm you, you gotta you know you, you can't because a, a lot of us are we're all damaged and so we all we all handle you know stress and and failures and successes in different ways and there's definitely I mean, a lot of us who are who myself included don't know how to handle either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just you know yeah. like so 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 to that point um uh, i'm glad you brought that up matter of fact let's take a as soon as i find a, a an accurate an accurate drop i don't have an accurate drop we just keep going um to that point because i know one of the struggles that you had um i remember we was talking and like you like early on when you was producing shows you're like yo i'm producer 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 but i don't get enough, i don't get enough i don't get a chance to like really get stage time like you'll get a chance to really get on the stage um, now you're doing that a lot more now. Um, how's that adjustment been being able to like actually be able to hit other stages and, and get on and, and like work on and work on work on Jack Coleman? Because um, like a lot of times, like I say early on, you was like you was have a little you was you was like I don't get a chance to really go outside of you know what you had going on. Um, you know, it's been nice, essentially, especially since like shows kind of came back maybe a yearish ago, mm-hmm. you know, um, and. Uh, like everything kind of got reset, and um, so you know everything got you know re- everyone got rehired, and we all kind of set this up differently, and I think set it up better so that I I would personally have more time to go do stuff, and so it's been very helpful to be able to go do stuff, and in particular do longer sets. I think you know doing longer sets is something I certainly realized is like you know one of the most important things, at least for me to get funnier is doing as many longer sets as possible, you know, yeah. because it forces you to get there to the 45 minutes to an hour that you need. You know, you can't really build an hour, five minutes at a time. Yeah. You got to have like 10 or 15 minutes sets there, maybe 20 at least. Cause you got, you're like the, if you're the headliner, you're the entertainment for the night. They came to see you. You better entertain them 45 <laughs> minutes. They're like, why are you getting paid? So, you know, trying to build a really solid hour, um, that's like, you know, very funny and unique um, and silly uh, and a little, a, little, a little sexual, too, uh, you know, because yeah. I thought it was fun. And, uh, like, it's it's been, it's been, you know, I mean, refreshing. It's been, it's been much better. I don't, we used to run 11 shows and now we only run five or six a week. And so, like, just that difference is you know, better on my personal psyche, but, um, it also has helped, you know, going on other shows and seeing, you know, all the amazing shows that are happening in DC now, like there's a lot of great groups kind of live. Yeah. They put on a lot of really funny shows. Love those guys. Rogan Mike, y'all put on great shows. Kurtz. I love, I love Kurtz. them too. Right, <laughs> put on great shows. There's a lot of people put on great shows. And so like, you know, pre-pandemic, there were some good shows, yeah. but like they weren't, when, when we, like, came back, I felt like everybody in, like, comedy, writing-wise, joke-wise, and production-wise stepped everything up. And now, you know, it's like, it's like there aren't garbage, really, there aren't really garbage shows anymore. I mean, there might be some shows with bad nights, sure. Yeah. But, like, you know, you can get work done as a comic at almost every single show in the city. Um, and so, like, that's that's really awesome. I think that's one of the things that has also been dope, you know, being able to do these longer sets, 10, 20, you know, 30 minute sets, but also being able to do them on so many more stages, 
um, that have different audiences from all across the spectrum. Because in DC, we get everybody. We get all sorts of different types of people, yeah. all sorts of different types of backgrounds. And when those people do comedy, then you get a whole bunch of like different sort of flavors of different comedy shows. And so it's also we're very lucky in that sense. And I just I don't know, just. If you're a comic listening to this and you're funny, come to DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely. Uh, what's his new name? Julio Diaz. I think that's his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, because he came. He came to the. Um, he came to the loft. He did a guest spot, or whatever. And it was my first time meeting him, but like this dude crushed. And um, but he was like, yo, because he came from there. He like, yo, I love DC so, DC so much, man, because you can hit like nine rooms in <laughs> in like 10 minutes because they're all close and they're all in one day and this that's one of the advantages of, of, of dc and i think sometimes we get spoiled because you know we do have a lot of great rooms we have to, we do have a lot of great rooms a lot of great audiences and sometimes some of those rooms may not produce you know may not produce audience but you can still get work done because then you have an opportunity to just workshop sometimes you hit a mic and sometimes you just gotta you gotta get it out there there's a premise that you just like, I don't know if I want to do it in front of this crowd. And you're like, well, ain't nobody here. Let me just do it now. See what y'all think. And then it's like, boom. <laughs> so it worked. You guys like it. So I can I can continue on. Um, I love I, One thing about, um, like, doing, like, 15, 20 minutes, I love, I love 30 for me. I like doing 30 because you can really, like, slow drag your set and really, like, have fun with the audience, uh, if that makes sense. Like, you can really, like, like do a little crowd work. You can you can like stumble upon a tag by accident in one of your jokes that you that and just you can really like play with them, uh, uh, with with a thirty a nice a pretty decent amount of time, especially like thirty minutes to forty five. That's why I, I, I love the most. It gets dangerous though. Um, I did a set um, at the loft and um, cats got cat. Um, I got heckled. I had to chop him down. That took like ten minutes away. So it was weird. Whatever. <laughs> well, um. Yeah, what else? Um, but yeah, Jack. So, what what got you into comedy? What what, what was the thing? And what got you into it? I don't I don't think I ever asked you that question before. We never did a podcast before, so so here we um, are. <laughs> what got me into comedy? Uh, when I was a kid, I would watch. I probably have there are a few. Let's see, people I really liked as a kid were Chris Rock. Mm. Big fan, Lucille Ball. Okay. Um. Uh. I got an ambulance. Okay. Um. Lucille Ball. Um. Really, obviously, Chappelle. Those are people I watched, and also I don't know if you know Jerry Clower. Mm. Jerry Clower is a like a dude from Mississippi. He tells these like long ass stories with one giant laugh at the end. And that was like the first album. My mom bought me like three of those albums when I was like ten or eleven, mm-hmm. and I probably listened to all of them. He's very clever. He's very clever, and it's all clean too, all clean. So, um, fan there, and so I listened just listened to all these comedy albums, I guess, growing up. And um, one day you do it, and then it, a joke works, and then you're like, oh wow. <laughs> and off to the races <laughs> and I, I always like writing I, I write a lot and so you know um trying to be you know work on vulnerability on stage and honesty is very difficult and that's something that i struggle with so i, I really like writing and that is difficult in its own right but being on stage man and like 
trying to be honest and real about stuff is difficult and it's definitely something I struggle with. Yeah, that's that's um well two things. It's funny whenever I ask that question, what got you into comedy, or like what like what is your who are your favorite comedians? Every comedian has like one one curveball I wouldn't expect. Like when you said Lucille Ball, I'm like, I don't, I that's crazy. <laughs> like she's funny and everything, but I wouldn't I wouldn't expect you to be like yo Lucille Dude, Ball. I, bro, bro, okay, you gotta you as an adult right now. Well, you're probably live when it came out, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I used to watch. Uh, I used to watch. The I 50s, love Lucy. Mike. I'm kidding. Okay, came I, out I, like the '50s, bro. <laughs> I was raised. I was raised with my grandma and my and my great aunt. So Lucy Ball, uh, uh, I love Lucy was on was on heavy rotation. But okay, watch <laughs> it now. I think it's on. It's either on YouTube or it's on Hulu. Watch it now because like one of the things you're gonna see is like first of all they put out an episode a week, right? They um, from scratch that they wrote. They there's a bunch of seasons. Then after this, she did Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. Okay, the, there is no fat on her jokes, man. It is like it is the most. It holds up. I just like fifty years later. I just cannot believe how, as an adult watching that, the jokes are so crisp. They're so clever. There's no editing needed. There's no like laugh track. It's in a live studio audience. Okay, that. Oh. You good. A lot of times that means that, like, uh, you get one chance to get a laugh, right? So you get your, your first take is the time you're going to get the biggest laugh. Yep. And then you have to do, if you fuck up, you're going to have to do the joke again, right? Or change something. So, like, the amount of at least what it sounds like is first laughs there is just incredible. Um, how Also, all of the stuff they did to, like, move television forward, like, it's the first television show that had a man and a woman sleep in the same bed. It's the first television show that showed a pregnant woman. They had to have a priest on set the day that they were going to show a pregnant woman on TV. Um, it was the first television show that was uh, starred a woman, was written by a woman, and had the producer and the production company owned by a woman. Um, and the lead was uh, uh, a Cuban. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, the... The, the, the just the, the like the the diversity of the perspective of the show and, and especially as a kid growing up in Alabama it was looking back on it I felt very lucky to have been so inundated with I Love Lucy and Bewitched oh <laughs> that's my thing I love Bewitched that was the other one Bewitched <laughs> my mom just watched those shows and so like especially as a comedian now man just Watching those, watching Isla Lucy, dude, the consistency of the laughs and how funny it is, she did not miss. And then, like, there's the Vitamedge Medicine commercial, obviously, the, the chocolate ones, the, the grape ones, mm -hmm. the, like, Lucy Goes to Hollywood. There's, oh, my God, there's so many amazing episodes. I watched them all again, like, a year ago, and it was just incredible. She's so incredible. Wow. Like, my, um... That's crazy because like like my ringer, the ringer that I I, I throw out to people is Gallagher, like he was the one that got oh. me, he was the one that got me into comedy because um, I couldn't watch Def Jam when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, my my granddad wasn't having that, so um, I could watch. This is a, a very that's so funny. Yeah, so it was a very infant comedy central. It wasn't as big as it was as it is now. So is it was a very baby <laughs> comedy central. 
So Gallagher was in heavy rotation. It was like, welcome back to the 60s, the 70s with the big couch, him on rollerblades, him smashing watermelons. Like, I seen every Gallagher special. And that was my introduction in comedy. And then as I got older, it morphed into Comic View. And that's when I met, um, that's when I seen like Queen Aisha and D.L. Hughley and, and Cedric the Entertainer and some more and all these other people. Before any of that, it was Gallagher. So when somebody was like, yo, who, what brought you to comedy? What was the first? I'm like, uh, Gallagher. And everybody just looks at me weird because I don't say Def Jam. It's amazing. It's crazy. <laughs> but, that's like, that's like the, uh, uh, like, yeah, when I was a kid, my parents, you know, they let me listen to rap. I was only able to buy Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff's album. <laughs> That's crazy, because I couldn't listen to rap, and the only ones I could, the only thing my granddad let me listen to was Heavy D. That's like, That's funny. So, um, before we wrap up, man, is there anything you want to plug on the show? Anything you want to? Um, oh, but before we do that, um, talk about. Uh, I, I just did this recently. It's the comedy. It's the comedy shuffle. What? What? How did you come up with that idea? That's crazy. Oh, okay. So the comedy shuffle is a show with live color commentary. Yeah. Um, that's what the sounder basically says. And what the show is is it is a show where um, the the comic goes on stage and there's an interrupter sitting next to them, sort of behind them on the side, also with a mic on them and also with a light on them. And the comic goes and it tells any joke they want. They can say, you know, um, they can go off into whatever realm they want to go off into. And uh, the shuffler is there to like kind of stop them from alienating the audience and walking people. Yeah. Um, and, Additionally, it like it, it creates this really fun organic environment because like audience members will occasionally yell out tags and that's not even frowned upon. It's not like people don't really I've almost never seen someone heckle at that show. They always like yell out a tag or something and it's usually quite helpful because it creates an environment that's like not like like a comedy sh like it's just a stand-up show. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the audience is like a Maybe it's like a weird participatory improv stand-up show, and the audience has to contribute a lot, but then the shuffler gets to hold people accountable on stage, and and you get some really sick burns, and um, you also get, like, brand-new material that sometimes... Like, I am shocked sometimes when I bring a joke there, and it works. Um, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so glad this show exists because I would have been afraid to tell this joke anywhere else. Yeah. And so I'll tell this joke here on this stage... Because then this other person sitting next to me can bail me out and get, get a laugh. Like if the joke is like, you know, like, like, you know, sexist, racist, uh, you know, whatever. And like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to see what this line is. And then it's like, I go over the line. Then like the guy or girl or whoever is over there going to be like, hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't tell that joke again. And I was like, oh, hey, thank you. And then, <laughs> then you know, yeah. you know? Um, and that happens a lot with comics, especially, like, new comics. Um, because, like, it's a it's a good way to kind of get, break some, if I'm a new comic, it's a, it's a good way to learn good habits and have someone be honest with you and break bad habits, too. Okay. So, like, uh, and then people also will come as comics and they'll do, like, their, you know, like a tight four or five minutes there to try and get an opinion on that set. Um, or, or free of those jokes, but uh, it's a lot of fun because we encourage comics to do new material, um, and it's it's kind of a, a I don't know a different take on a show. Oh, and where did it come from? 
So it kind of came from two places. I, I, I like British panel shows a lot. And so um, the British panel shows are like uh, IQ and Would I Lie to You and And I Think Cats Does Countdown. They're great. Um, and they kind of have like a camaraderie comedy aspect. A lot of the comics are who are on these shows and they're kind of game show-ish. Uh, and play the games are stand-up comics. And so... Uh, they're usually very, very funny, um, like, uh, who hosts, um, or Sean Locke and, um, a bunch of other British people who are on these shows, right? And they're very funny. And so it's, we don't really have anything like that in America. There's not really that sort of structure. It's sort of like at midnight was on Comedy Central, but not really. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, then, you know, that was like one way. And I was thinking about how do I do this show? What does it look like? And then um, I was talking to a friend of mine at the time, Dylan, who's a comedian in DC. And he, I was describing this aspect of the show, but I was like, but I don't really know. Like I want to do like a show where we can get new people on this show. Um, and I like this sort of concept. Right. Yeah. And I just don't know how we're going to get an audience to come to a show where like it's sign up on site and anyone can go on and, those shows are so hard to promote because you don't know what comic's going to say what crazy thing, right? Yeah. And so um, Dylan was like, yo, uh, I'll just give me a microphone and I'll just like sit on the side and yell at them. And I was like, this is perfect. I can take this like sort of British panel show feel of this like camaraderie with comics and then Dylan can like sit here in the back and um, – uh, you know, with another microphone and like correct jokes and be funny and and uh, make the show like super interesting. And so that was like kind of the, the concept behind the show. And then, you know, trying to figure out a name. I don't even know how I got Comedy Shuffle. I think it just kind of like, you know, brainstorming ideas and it came to be. But um, it's a fun show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much for having me, Mike. And uh, check out our website, yeah. capitallaughs.com. Oh, yeah. Hey, man. Hey, Jack, thank you again. You, 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 you took my – that was my line. I was going to be like, thank you, Jack, but you, you took oh. my lines. No, never mind. It's okay. <laughs> that's what happens when you the boss, man. That's what happens when you the boss. So you got 18 people in front of you before they get to you. And if it gets to you, then it's too late. It's shit went off, shit went off the fans, off the rails. Anyway, man, hey, uh, thank, uh, thank you um, to Jack Coleman. Give Jack Coleman – uh, a round of applause. You won't hear it on on your end, Jack, because I I don't have any sound effects. But you will hear it um, from the podcast. People are going to be clapping. So uh, thank y'all for um, thank you, Jack, for coming through. Um, we'll be right back for more about radio podcast. Thank you. My name is Deja, and welcome back to the Mike Radio Podcast. It's the Open Mic Radio Podcast. Okay, and let's get... No, we're not doing this anymore. Welcome back to the show. Hey, everybody. Thank y'all for listening, man. Um, and <laughs> uh, I think that's, t- that's just too loud. That they get too loud. Anyway, uh, thank y'all for listening to the Oh My Radio podcast again. Shout out to my man, Jack Coleman. Um, the, head, the, le- the head honcho of Capital Labs. Um, go on CapitalLabsDC.com. I believe that's the website as well. For um, all of your laughter needs, if you're in the DMV area, you want to check out a pretty good show for the free, absolute free. Uh, also, I want to thank everybody who subscribed to the podcast, listened to the podcast, or gave the podcast a thumbs up. Um, please, by all means, um, send me your feedback at openmicradio at gmail.com. That's open, M-I-K-E, 
open mic m-i-k-e radio podcast at gmail.com also follow me on tiktok instagram and twitter at o-l-m-i-k-e-b 757 that's across all platforms so if you go to one you can go to the other also download my album hashtag promote mike b it's on itunes spotify and all we get your uh we get all your album needs from also go to old mike b o-l-m-i-k-e-b dot com to um, find where i'm at where my next shows are at also go to broken mike comedy broken m-i-c comedy um dot com for all the broken mike comedy needs as well you all have been great you all have been a great listening audience i'm supposed to tell y'all something about my shoe collection so i'm at 40 i'm at 40 pairs of shoes right now and um oh my god i did something i did i did a thing i did a thing okay i did it i did it again i was supposed to tell y'all about my um my um shoe collection and um what about my shoe collection yeah so i have have 40 pairs of shoes now and um it's too much uh and it's become an addiction and now my kids wanting wanting shoes now it's it's getting bad and um I don't, I don't I don't know how to stop I don't know how to stop I can explain it in one way I ain't gonna lie I'm getting cooked <laughs> see y'all next week